the Finance Trends and Disruptions podcast, powered by Stampley. Disruption, innovation, myth versus reality. The truth, featuring the voice of the office of the CFO, Ernie Humphrey. Hello, everyone. I'm Ernie Humphrey, the Vice President of Thought Leadership at Stampley. I'm thrilled to welcome everyone to this episode of the Finance Trends and Disruption podcast. I am honored and humbled to have Jason Lynn, the CFO at Synthes, as my guest on our episode today, Leveraging Robust Planning to Deliver Business Agility. Jason has over 20 years of experience in finance, accounting, and administration. He has extensive experience driving profitability, growth, and operational efficiency at leading technology companies. Before joining Centage, he has financial leadership positions at Monster Worldwide, IKEA Systems, and TripAdvisor. Most recently, he serves as Director of Financial Planning Analysis at ZoomInfo Incorporated. He has a bachelor's degree in finance from Eisenberg School of Management and the University of Massachusetts and an MBA from Fitchburg State University. Jason, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Ernie. Really happy to be here. Um, thank you for the time, and I'm excited to be chatting with you today. All right. So so let's just go ahead and level set a little bit. Uh, Jason, everyone just heard your background, which is fascinating. You've had some amazing experience. Can you give us just a little bit of color around your journey to becoming the CFO at Centage? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so as you mentioned, I've been a finance professional for, for over 20 years. Been really lucky to have been at a lot of great companies of, of all different sizes and, and industries. Earlier on in my career, I was at Raytheon Corporation, the, the very large multi-billion dollar defense contractor. Uh, moved into the tech space and spent time at companies like TripAdvisor and Monster.com, where I was the CFO of their digital and media business. Uh, became really evident for myself early on that it was financial analysis and planning that really interested me. Um, not only interested me, but but opened the doors for me to be involved in the conversations that I wanted to be in, right? So especially later on in my career, I stayed very, very close to FP&A. Um, I also think I've been extremely lucky, lucky to have some great leaders and professionals that I've called mentors throughout my career that have helped guide me. Uh, even today, there are people that I meet with pretty regularly or call when I have an idea or um, just issues or things that I want to, to bounce off of them. Um, I'm sure you know, Ernie, there's a, there are a ton of different professional networks out there for finance professionals. That type of best practice sharing is something that I, I really believe in. Uh, but so that brings us today. I'm the CFO at Centage Corporation based in Natick, Massachusetts, where we provide a cloud-based software solution called Planning Maestro for financial planning, forecasting, and analytics. Great. Um, Jason, let me follow up there uh, just a moment. So myself, and you've been hearing about this for a long time, we talk about the evolution of the CFO. Um, can you share with us when you first became a finance leader, uh, what you thought it took to be a successful CFO, and then fast forward that to what you think it it takes to be a successful CFO in today's world? Sure. So I think that my initial belief was fairly simple, and that was just to be to be technically strong and extremely, extremely knowledgeable of the organization's financials, right? And have a deep operational and business understanding outside of the numbers. So that was my initial belief. I think the evolution of things and where, where it's taken me to is it's those things that I've just mentioned, hmm. but also I think there's a lot of focus for me on the hard work it takes to earn the trust and respect of an organization. Um, and this speaks to the leadership aspect of being CFO. An important part of the CF role, CFO role is driving the organization forward, whether you're talking about growth, whether, whether you're talking about culture, 
or a modernization perspective. And you need trust and respect in order to do those things. Okay, fantastic. Everyone on the podcast, keep that in mind. We're going to shift gears back to what Jason just said, which it speaks to me very well. So let's talk FP&A uh, pre and post coronavirus. So going in uh, to 2020, let's rewind back 2000. Uh, what did you see for the biggest challenges um, for yourself as a CFO to overcome in delivering an effective strategic plan for 2020? What did you see as your plans going into 2020? Yeah, so I, I actually think that the challenges are are quite similar pre and post COVID. Um, I think what's changed are the type of deliver deliverables that that we're producing to drive that strategic value, and and maybe also the volume of work. Um, so going going back into late 2019, you know, heading into 2020, I believe that one of the top of mind challenges within finance, within F and within FP&A specifically was still that there was a lack of automation, lack of proper technology, um, way too many manual processes that still existed. So I, I've, I've lived this struggle at multiple organizations where to create a forecast, what that meant for an FP&A team was pulling data from multiple systems and spending time to manipulate all of that data into one usable source, right? So that's, this is obviously not time efficient. At the end of the day, with all of those manual processes and the data validation, what that means is that your operational business partners are sitting around waiting on finance, and which, which in my mind is the opposite of delivering strategic value, yeah. right? Perfect. And so, so actually, late in 2019, Ernie Gartner released the results from their Gartner for Finance Leaders 2020 agenda poll, and 79% of the finance leaders called out that one of their top concerns was that current technology was not aligned with future success, right? So that kind of speaks to, to my point. Um, I think that what's changed with COVID, so when we talk about post-COVID, are the type of strategic decisions that we're driving. So the question is no longer, hey, is it is it worthwhile to add 20 quota-bearing he sales heads in the next six months to drive growth? I believe things have become a lot more conservative. So cutting back on discretionary expenses, delayed hiring plans. I even saw that Google was cutting its marketing spend by something like 50% in the second half of 2020. So no matter where you are, whether you're in the SMB or whether you're Fortune 200, the exercises has kind of changed for for finance and for CFOs. Okay, um, so let's just um, let's just switch gears a little bit. So so when this started to unfold um, as a CFO that has these challenges, were there things that you thought that wow, Centage could really help these companies, right? That have these challenges. So what were the things that really came to your mind? Yourself, you said I use Centage. And I think this could be especially valuable um, for people delivering FP&A value, especially now in this new environment that we're in. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a great question and a great thought, Ernie. So, so when the when the post COVID reality really set in, I'll call it the the two things that popped into my mind very clearly was number one, FP&A is going to be in the spotlight. It it is it is go time for FP&A professionals because because organizations are going to be leaning on them and looking looking towards them as they're making their decisions in the in this coming in the coming months coming quarters. And number 2, companies need planning maestro or something like planning mm -hmm. maestro, right? So traditionally there's a ton of seasonality in FP&A. I'm sure you've probably heard FP&A folks talk about planning or budgeting season and depending on where you are if you're on a calendar or fiscal year, usually that, that means the end of Q3, Q4 when you're preparing your upcoming annual plan for board approval at the end of the year, right? So 
I think that COVID has completely blown that up. I think it's blown that season out. Mm-hmm. So, so back in March, I could read you texts from my phone. I was getting texts. I was getting texts from my friends and my professional network saying things like, "Boy, I'm glad I spent all that time on the budget," or or, <laughs> or, or "There goes my 2020 plan." Right. right. So, so we're absolutely in a time of uncertainty, and I think that every single month we're collecting data. You know, what's what's the impact to our top line sales? What's the impact to lead generation? Mm-hmm. What are our collections looking like? I I would argue that that folks are in budget or planning season every month, every quarter right now. And as, as we get more visibility to the true impact of COVID, doing that ver- in manual processes is nearly impossible. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 it's a difficult time. So we don't have a quarter and two months, and, and it's a difficult time right now to tell your CEO, your business leaders, well, let me crunch the numbers and get, mm-hmm. get back to you in a few days. You know, decisions are being made in those few days. So, so personally speaking at Centage, where we're on a monthly rolling forecast cycle, that's exactly what we're doing. We're using Planning Maestro to create multiple forecast scenarios or pressure testing pressure testing all of those assumptions. It would be impossible to do what we're doing in the time that we're doing doing it without without our software. Right, and I think that's an incredibly important point. So uh, I've been a thought leadership partner with Sendage for many years, and we've been talking about the need to move into a dynamic planning environment. So it's just a necessity now. So this is making it, even more important. And along that, uh, we talk about business agility. And so when I did FPNA research, I asked people, how easy it, is it for you to do scenario analysis? And only 10% of the people, right, said that it was easy. So, so can you give us a little bit more color, right, uh, around that? Because you actually use Centage. And so what, give us what you think business agility means and how having kind of a leading edge software allows you to do that and and help uh, inform better decisions in in a much smaller time frame. Yeah, so the smaller time frame is key there. So, you, you know, it's I think it's it's taking all of the the operational inputs. So your marketing team tells you that they're going to they're going to pause on this spend and your engineering leader tells you that he's going to delay these hires and your sales leader tells you that they're, they're going to offer this this new offering to customers that's going to impact your revenue revenue recognition. It's taking all of those things and boiling it down into a, a scenario and creating creating the financial statement view. And and at the end of the day, creating the the cash flow view. And to do that, to take all of those those inputs, those business decisions, and and model that into a, a cash flow view to where to where you have an income statement and a reconciled balance sheet is nearly impossible in Excel. And to be able to do that in real time within Planning Maestro is extremely, extremely powerful for FPNA folks. Okay, let's let's kind of go back a little bit to something you mentioned before about what it takes to be a successful CFO in today's world, uh, which really resonated with me. You mentioned about building those relationships with your fellow company leaders, and so how important that is because as a CFO, you're expected to impact performance across the enterprise and be a trusted advisor. Can you share with us some advice on things that you've done uh, to help you earn uh, that trust from your fellow company leaders? Yeah, I, I mean, to me, it's 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 building it's building relationships, right? And making sure that that the management team, the leadership team, are connected, aligned. There's an understanding between every single individual. So so. I'll use a sports analogy with you, Ernie, but it's it's easy for everyone to get along and to be high fiving when things are going well mm-hmm. and when you're when you're winning, right? That's that's easy. That's that's human nature. It's when things get get tough. It's when there's a there's a downturn. It's when there's a traumatic event 
that's when the disconnects and the underlying issues really start coming out, right? So, you know, I, I think having a cadence of having, for example, offsite leadership meetings where there are team building events, you know, where you set aside you set aside the the, the tactical daily conversations and maybe you get a level deeper on on the on the personal side and learn about somebody's background, learn about somebody's family, the things that drive them. That strengthens the bond of your leadership team. And that bond is extremely, extremely important in times like this. Okay, great. Yeah, it really touches on, again, the concept I've been kind of working through called the social CFO. So a lot of people in finance aren't outgoing. So that we still have to make sure that we're authentic. And so being authentic and really, and I call that investing in your relationships, because at the end of the day, if everyone is pushing the same way. We always talk about a lack of strategic alignment, which I've seen in a lot of companies and you have to have those relationships and you have to trust, right? The CFO can't be Mr. No. CFO used to be Mr. No, but now they have to see you as a good place uh, to right. bounce off your ideas. So how have you maintained uh, the relationships with your fellow company leaders in this remote environment? What are some of the things um, that you've done or had to change? Um. I mean, for me, where I, I I consider myself a pretty sociable person, I, I don't I don't think there's been a huge change. It's just okay. been it's just been the, I think maybe the the way that we do it. So we, we say we say stay connected, and that doesn't that doesn't mean pop by somebody's office anymore. Right? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so because that's that's impossible because we're, we're I mean, Centage is 100% remote, like like most of the rest of the world right now. So I think it's just putting in calls, right? The, the random phone call to just say, hey, how are you doing? I think there's a there's a big difference if somebody sees that you're calling and they're just like, oh, what does the CFO want now? When, when you know when you're calling because you, you you know that there's a there's a request. But if you if you're calling someone to just I do this with my team, I'll just random, randomly call people and just just to check in on how they're doing. You know, how are you how are you doing with the with 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 working from home? How's your setup? How, how are you feeling about company, career, et cetera, et cetera? So I, I think that those those random check-ins are, are super important for um, kind of keeping everybody aligned. Great. Yeah. That just kind of dovetailed into my next point. I was going to start diving in a little bit about how you keep your team engaged and you already did that, which is great. Yeah. So, so, so let's talk about um, recruiting talent and then motivating that talent. So this has been going on for 10 years too. I like to call it like your sports analogy, the finance dream team. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so can you share with me, um, especially in today's world that's more dynamic, what are a few of the skills um, that you really think that CFOs need on their teams to really deliver value across all these different dimensions now in this today's world? Yeah, yeah. So I I love naturally curious, aggressive, and extroverted people. Um, you know, you, you made a comment, and, and this is this kind of cuts against the grain of like the traditional finance mm-hmm. and accounting professional, right? Because a lot of the times, um, you know, you've heard about, you, you, you've heard the term ivory tower, ivory tower yeah. of finance, right? Yeah. You know, you think about introverted people sitting in the back office, being counters, running reports and handing out budgets. Um, I don't believe that that is, exists anymore, especially not in the SMB. So so I want folks that want to be out there working with business partners that are that, that want to have that that deep operational understanding of the business beyond just the numbers, you know, with with that natural, natural curiosity. So so those are the skills that I look for. Um, and some of those things are, are personality, and those are hard to teach, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there, there are folks that you don't have to teach them how to establish establish a connection with someone. You don't have to teach them how to get people to like them. People just naturally like them and like working with them. Mm-hmm. So, so I personally would 
much rather teach the the technical skills, the analysis skills versus teaching teaching those soft skills. Matt, that's great. And I wish more CFOs had that mentality and I'm, I'm working on that. Um, <laughs> so so what I've seen in research is, is it's great to see a few things that this has caused is a lot of folks are more, more focused on cross training. Um, mm-hmm. can, can you speak to a, speak to us a little bit about how you how you cross train uh, your team? Yeah, this is so. So our team, we actually have a cross training matrix that we keep in oh, wow. that we keep and maintain. So this mm-hmm. is this is near and dear to my heart because this also speaks to to professional development within mm-hmm. finance, right? So um, it helps it helps our folks understand what they're interested in. It helps them round ra- it helps them round out their skills as a finance professional. You know, so so we have a we have a matrix that says you know month end close and and you know general ledger work and accounts payable accounts receivable. Um, forecasting and planning, and and every single person um, has either a check mark next to that in that box of that that they've been cross trained, or there's a date there of when when the target is right. So, um, yeah, we 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 document it, we formalize it. It's something that it's it's part of our team's goals so that everyone um, is cross trained. And like I said, it, there's there's a ton of value there because not only does it help folks personally with their career development, it helps our team with coverage. Right. So, you know, I, I, I don't think that in a small lean finance organization, if your FP&A, FP&A analyst is on PTO and somebody comes walking down the hall asking about the forecast, your your staff accountant shouldn't say, oh, well, John's on PTO. Come back in a week. You know, they should be able to jump in and, and help. So um, there's there's a ton of uh, positives when it comes to the cross training. OK, um, let me kind of go back to something you said earlier, which I thought was really important. And I have a, and I'm always trying to help CFOs uh, take control of their professional development. You men- mentioned uh, networking, maybe going to meetings. Can you share with us a few things that you use to stay on top of your game? Is it CFO to connect? I'm actually going to launch another online finance community because I haven't seen one um, yeah. that I like. Are, are there specific podcasts or blogs or groups that you find particularly useful to you? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think all of the above, I mean, I, okay. I encourage folks to just to, to stay current and read, read articles, right. L- listen to podcasts like, like yours, like this one, um, attend, you know, whenever the quarantine ends, if we can ever have conferences again, attend, attend conferences and, and reach out to your peers that way. Okay. But I, I think, I think it's staying current, especially in the, in the office of finance and in the CFO role, it can be so easy to, to get sucked down into the micro view. Right. And I, and I think a big part of our job is the strategic and the macro view. And, you know, the, the things, the things like the, the podcast and, and, and connecting with your peers and, and talking to them about what they're seeing in their organizations. Um, those are the things that really kind of pull you out of the micro and yeah. focus on the strategic. Yeah. I'm hoping that CFOs have more of an appetite now, cause not like yourself, but a lot of CFOs I talked to when this first started, they're like, they don't know what to do. And they would love to be able to go into a CFO forum and post, hey, you know, what's going on? What are you guys doing? And so I think creating a noise-free community where folks can do that uh, right. might, might, have, might have some value. And it's even more so today. Yeah. Yeah. Today with social media, I totally agree. I think with, with social media, there's no reason not to be able to be connected with, with your finance peers and professionals. Okay. So let's imagine that I have tens of thousands of people uh, on this podcast and I will after they hear your episode today. Uh, (laughs) uh, What what are three things you would offer finance leaders to help them deliver business agility one and inspire their teams? 
Uh, it's a great question. I, I, I'll go right back to what we were just talking about. I, I think stay current is, is, is super important, right? You know, keep up to date with trends and finance and, and in business overall, you know, it's, it's, it's fast moving. And one thing that I hate is it, it's in my career, I've seen a lot of times finance professionals are kind of chasing the business. And I, I would encourage us to stay, stay up mm-hmm. to speed, up to speed right. with the business. Right. Um, so again, read articles, listen to podcasts, listen to this, this podcast, like I'm sure thousands of people will attend conferences, um, stay, stay connected to the larger, uh, macro view. And then, and then again, stay connected with your team. You know, we're in the people, we're in the, we're in the people business as well. So understand how your people are doing, understand where they feel like they are in their careers, where they want to go in their careers. That's, what's going to motivate them. If they feel like you as leaders are invested in their careers with them. Right. Um, and then, and then lastly, a, a, something that I really believe in is, is lead by example. Leaders set the tone and that tone flows throughout the whole organization. Right. So my personal viewpoint is that no task is too big and no task is too small. So I hope that that flows down to my folks. Right. You know, like if you want me to help you prepare a board presentation and present it, let's go, let's do that. If you want me to dig into this, this, this variance and find out what's going on, why this isn't reconciling, I'm happy to do that too. So if you, if you set the tone that you're happy to roll up your sleeves and get down into the weeds and you, you also focus on the, the larger picture, the strategic view, I think that's going to flow, flow throughout, throughout your organization. So, so lead by example is what, what I would end with. Fantastic. Just want to close things up with, with a few things that really stuck out to me from all uh, the great advice um, that you've given us here today. I think what, what you just said is tremendously important. I think that speaks to having a passion for learning. Learning is a way of life, not a chore. Uh, the more you have that philosophy and instill that in your teams and your team, you want to invest in your team, you want to invest in your colleagues, you want to invest in technology, and you want to stay on top of what's going on in the world and in your profession as well. So thank thank you so much, uh, Jason, for uh, being on my podcast today. And I hope they have the opportunity to continue to work with Senage as my thought leadership partner going forward. Thanks, Ernie. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you for attending this episode of the Finance Trends and Disruptions podcast. I encourage you to visit www.stampley.com to consume more thought leadership resources to help fuel your career success. Make the rest of your day great, everyone. The truth matters.